Hi, I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. Hello, welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer, your host, and this is the first of our second podcast. We're going to be doing two a week. Every Wednesday, we'll release our normal, usually 30-minute episode. Then every Saturday morning, we're going to release a very short, so 10 to 12 minutes episode. We're looking for a clever name for it. At the moment, we're going to call it Insights. So that's what it will be called for now. We'll let you know when that changes. So you're going to get your 30 minutes on a Wednesday. You're going to get this shorter solo episode from me every Saturday, lasting about 10 minutes. And the purpose of it is just to give you a bit of an insight and they're not going to be scripted. It's going to be very much what's on my mind, what somebody's been talking to me about, maybe a really great question that I've had. And I think, yep, you know, that would be great to talk to you about. So feel free also to suggest ideas to me, really keen to understand you know, what would be helpful for you. What kind of content are you interested in? So fire off an email to Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E at bodyshotperformance.com. We'll include your suggestions and, um, and start answering those questions. So this week's is all about whether or not you're investing or withdrawing from your future health. Now, if you consume a lot of our content, you'll know that we've recorded some podcasts and some videos about this recently. We've also been talking quite a lot about it in interviews we're doing and blogs we're writing as well. It really came to my attention when I was speaking to a client a while ago and we were talking about what he really wanted to get done, what was on his mind, what was the real problem that he had. And it came down to this. It was an anxiety about his future health. It was a concern about the way he was living his life today and whether or not that was going to be costing him later on. And it's something I've thought about a lot. You know, my hedonistic 20s and very early 30s, I appear to have got away with that in terms of my health and my cognitive health. But who knows in the future? Who knows what toll that would have taken? I think I've probably done a lot of, of good now in the way that I've lived my life from age 37 onwards, so six and a half years ago. But it's a concern. And I know a lot of people who live quite a fast pace of life with a lot of stress, not a lot of downtime, not a lot of recovery, are concerned whether they admit it to themselves or not about what sort of price they might be paying later on. So it's a little bit like a bank account. You're either paying in or you're withdrawing. And eventually there's going to come a time when you've got to reconcile that. And it's exactly the same with health. Is what you're doing now paying into that account, making some withdrawals as well, perhaps, but you're still paying in more than you're withdrawing. Or is what you're doing just taking out of that account and you're not paying back in in the right amounts, the right levels. And there's, I think, three points I'm going to talk about on, uh, on either side of this both on the, in the investing and the withdrawing, if you like. So there's three things that I'm going to talk about in terms of paying into that account and investing. And those three things I've taken or inspiration from a brilliant book called The Blue Zones by Dan Brutner. He's an American who spent a lot of time as a researcher, spending a lot of time studying tribes in Spain, for example, in Italy, in South America, in California, people of California. There's a number of different blue zones, Osanaka in, in Japan. And he looks at these people, he examined what they did. And the reason that these, these places are called blue zones, by the way, is they've got the highest proportion of centenarians in the world. So they've got more people who are living to be 100 years old than anywhere else in the world. So the whole point of studying these people was to find out what is it they're doing that's enabling them to have that sort of longevity. 
And the other interesting thing about these people is they weren't just living to be a hundred. They were living to be a hundred and they were still mobile. They were still vital and energetic and very happy with life and happy with themselves. So he wanted to discover what this was. What's the formula, if you like, for longevity? What's the longevity blueprint? And he found a number of things. But here are the, the three that really resonated with me and I think are very, very easy for us to implement. And the first one is that these people were growing their own vegetables. So even if you can't do that, let's say you live in a flat in the city. I mean, it actually is possible to grow vegetables in the tiniest of spaces. But let's say that's not your thing. It's not going to happen. You travel a lot. You wouldn't want the, the maintenance. Eating an organic or locally sourced vegetables is as good in a way as, as growing your own. You know, you can certainly here in London, UK, where I'm recording this, you can go with services like Local Greens and we'll link to them. In the show notes, local greens will take all the vegetables that are good to come out of the ground from local farms. They'll bag them up and you get a small or a large bag with or without potatoes and they'll drop it to a local pub and you go pick it up. So it's very easy if you can't grow your own to get vegetables that are still caked in earth from the soil. You know, it's really, really healthy way of eating. So that's one of the things they were doing. They were growing their own vegetables. Now, the other thing that they were doing was movement, lots and lots of daily life movement, not structured exercise. None of these folk would, would ever have gone anywhere near a gym. They'd never been going anywhere near a running club or a park run or anything like that. They were just moving. A lot of them are shepherds. They're people who tend the land, they tend animals, or they are involved in the, the sourcing and then the, the cooking of foods that can often take a long time. You know, there's no fast food in these places either. So they were doing a lot of daily life movement. And that I think is really interesting. You know, we, we don't do enough of that typically in our busy, you know, office desk based lives. For many of us, we might do a structured exercise session at the beginning or the end or the middle of the day and then do very little around that. And that actually, it's been proven that if you do, let's say an hour's burst of exercise in the morning and then you sit for the rest of the day, you're only 4% less sedentary than the person that does nothing at all. So it just goes to show what our bodies were designed to do is move on a daily basis, lots of low level movement. And a great way I think to describe this is ancestral movement. If you think about cavemen and cave women, they would have been getting up in the morning, squatting, sharpening tools, foraging, picking berries, hunting, being hunted. So lots of different types of movement, some high intensity when they were running, some moderate intensity when they were perhaps moving camp and lots and lots of daily life movement when they were getting up and sitting down and, and spending time just gathering food and, and preparing food and washing pots and so on. And that links me to the third thing that you can do to invest back into your health, and that's connection. So what Dan Bruckner and his team found is that these people who, who were living to 100 and a healthy 100 – they had really strong social connections. They had great bonding and connection, whether it was with their family or whether it was with other people in their tribe or, or the people around them, their neighbours. You know, many of them would host a regular morning where people would come around and, and drink one of the local drinks or eat food that someone would spend hours preparing and talk about what was going on, gossip, laugh. So all of that, you know, really powerful stuff. So growing or consuming locally sourced organic vegetables and lots of them, they're the staple of their diets, lots of movement, daily life movement, not necessarily structured exercise, and then connection and bonding and friendships. They are all some of the things that these people were doing to pay into their health and they're living to a healthy 100. So I think if you think about those three things and bring them into your life, you'll do very well. Now, three things that I most commonly see people doing that I think are taking out of that 
health account, if you like, and potentially damaging your health span or, or your latter years of your life. The first one is a lack of sleep. Lots and lots of people have report to me that they sleep for six, six and a half hours, sometimes less, sometimes a bit more. For 99.9999999% of us, we need between seven and eight hours a night. Now, that's not my supposition. That's from Matthew Walker, Professor Matthew Walker, author of the book, Why We Sleep, which we'll also link to in the show notes. And he, he said that in his findings, that's what people need. The percentage of people who can thrive on six hours sleep a night or less, if you were to round it up or down to the nearest percentage point would be zero. So if you're one of those people that think you thrive on six hours or less, you probably don't. And that is going to take years off your life. In Matthew Walker's book, he describes a man who sleeps six hours a night or less on a regular basis has the testosterone levels of a man 10 years his senior. So that's the effect on energy and virility of a poor, poor sleep. And the same, by the way, can be mapped to women in terms of energy and virility as well. The second thing I see is glycemic variability. In other words, not managing your blood sugar levels. So that was consuming foods like refined carbohydrates, sugar-based foods, junk food, fast food, um, poor quality food that really spikes up our blood sugar levels and then drops them back down again. Not only will you, in, in real terms, will you have very spiky energy levels, which are going to cause you problems, of course. But in the long run, we now know that that can take off years of our life. It can literally hinder our natural health span. So the, the, the amount of years that we are healthy. So cleaning up your diet and managing your blood sugar is going to be vitally important. On that note, I've just ordered a continual blood glucose monitor. It's a little sensor that you wear on the skin. And it tells you in real time what's going on with your blood sugar when you consume food or don't. So that's going to be fascinating to track that. The last thing I want to talk about in terms of withdrawing from this health account, if you like, is stress. Now, we know that stress causes inflammation and inflammation is a situation within the body when we are trying to repair something. And it can be linked with things like depression. It's linked to a number of different serious diseases, actually. An inflammatory situation in the main is a situation we want to avoid in the body. Obviously, if we get a cut, we want inflammation. We want, you know, blood cells rushing there to that area, the white blood cells to repair that area of injury. But we don't want it in response, for example, to foods we eat. So managing your inflammation is one thing, and there's a number of ways you can do that, but just controlling your stress. It's one of the biggest causes of preventative death, certainly in the UK and probably globally. Stress kills lots of people. Stress causes lots of serious health conditions. Stress makes life unhappy. And when we're unhappy, we also know now that that can affect our health. Unhappy people or people who've had trauma in their lives are more inclined towards serious health conditions, like, for example, cardiovascular disease. So managing your sleep, managing your glycemic variability, in other words, your blood sugar, managing your stress are three ways that you can prevent taking out from that health account and put back in instead. So I hope that's been helpful. It's short and sweet. That's what these episodes are going to be all about. It's just me giving you some ideas, giving you some insight, normally based on stuff that I'm thinking about. So I'm thinking about wearing that continual blood glucose monitor. I'm thinking about inflammation, how I can tidy up my diet, finesse my diet a little bit more. I've already growing my veg. I'm looking out the garden of my home office here and I've got four raised beds full of vegetables. So, you know, if you've got any questions about this, let me know. But hopefully that's been helpful for you. We'll continue to deliver this every Saturday. So check out that episode as well as our regular one on Wednesday. That's it from me. All the best for now. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? 
jump on our website, www.bodyshotsperformance.com and click on take the test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.